I'm gone and we're just trying to be faithful and we've given it completely to the Lord, all of a sudden it starts raising like all this money. And in seven weeks, it raised 200 grand, which is enough to like turn it into a really polished wow. movie. And so a year of wrestling and trying to be faithful, but not knowing how to be faithful, you know, just doing our best. And then just within days, all of a sudden God provided the way and, wow. and the film, it's crazy. <laughs> it is a crazy film. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations, and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Oh, how I love to hear people's stories and what allows them to experience God that encourages their faith. However, you might be tuning in this week with more of a skeptical ear thinking, well, I haven't experienced God to the fullness that others talked about. And for that, I just want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep inviting Jesus in, and keep asking Him to strengthen your faith. I just know He's gracious enough to meet you where you are at. And if you let Him, like really let Him in, it'll be one epic journey. So today, we have a really fun conversation to dive in with filmmaker and director Brent Gudgel. We just so happen to talk about the amazing film Free Burma Rangers, which is a documentary film exploring the extraordinary 20-year journey of missionaries Dave and Karen Eubank and their kids as they venture into war zones where they are fighting to bring hope. The film itself is a testimony to people trying to walk after God, full of their own limitations sins, and mistakes, facing real enemies, and asking, can love win? We talk about the film as well as radical ways that God has moved during the process, even some of the other no-way-but-God moments of Brent's career. Brent is a documentary filmmaker and founder of the ministry Daydox. His credits include the documentary Free Burma Rangers, which won Best Feature at the Justice Film Festival in New York City. It was in theaters nationwide and is now on Amazon Video. Previous work has been on Showtime, Hulu, for the Olympics, and featured during the Super Bowl. With over 20 years of experience, Brent has also directed and consulted on over 250 short documentaries for organizations such as Toyota, LA Clippers, Union Rescue Mission, Crisis Pregnancy Centers, Saddleback, Willow Creek, The Goodwill, and International Justice Mission, among others. 
He currently resides in Merced, California, with his wife and two growing children. So there comes a point when we all embrace what God is doing in our lives, twists, turns, and the unknowns. And I believe we all desire for tangible evidence of God working in our lives to at least show us that He's real, right? At the point, it isn't the miracles in and of themselves. These are unexpected and always come in different ways for everyone, just because God is a personal God. But we want to keep in mind that we want to magnify Him, not the signs. I love the journey that we're all on. God is so uniquely and intricately involved in our lives. I'm confident that when people experience the love of the Father, they'll want nothing less and no counterfeits either. I'm so excited to share more of Brent's story with you today. So I hope his experiences give you the courage to believe God for more as well. So without further ado, why don't you pull up a chair, grab that cup of coffee, and dive in with us to The Places Between. Brent, hello. It's good to see you. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm so excited to dive in with you the next bit of time. And yeah, I just, there's so many things that I want to cover. We're probably not going to get through all of it, but... Why don't we start with, for people that don't know about who you are, just a little bit about who is Brent? Hmm. Where do you call home? Maybe something fun that you and your family have gotten to enjoy this summer? Yeah, cool. I am a documentary film director. That Then that means you become a producer. Yeah. And um, it's led to a lot of other things. So I run a, I'm an executive director of a nonprofit that works with Christian artists. And I've got a, a wife and two kids. We live near Yosemite in California, is the nice way to say it. We actually live in a farm town down the mountain a I bit, a lot. But it's called the Gateway to Yosemite. That's and we've been and we've been camping a lot this summer. It's been great. I love that. Yeah. So a little bit for the audience as they're tuning in on how you and I know each other. I'm trying to think back to if that was like five or six years ago when we originally connected, I had actually reached out to Brent because he was, I think you were in Austin at the time. And I was actually looking for Austin producing gigs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I did my research enough to be like, oh, there's this film production company that's based in Austin. And I wonder if they have a job (laughs) for me. So I think I reached out. I had a passion for storytelling through a number of nonprofits and media positions over the last 15 or so years and had just had had a variety of producing jobs. And and I reached out to Brent. So that was roughly around 2018, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward a few weeks ago and divinely, we somehow reconnected for some cool possibilities and we can get into those later, but it's just been neat to hear some incredible stories that I'm excited to dive into today. And I don't know, do you remember when we talked like five or so years Yeah, no, I do because I remember thinking, man, I wish I could hire her, but I don't, you know, we're documentary filmmakers. We can rarely hire anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I don't even know that I knew that you were working on the Free Burma Rangers film then. You know what? That's what I was trying to figure out how to do. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's back up just a little bit. I'd love to share with our listeners 
just a little bit about how did you even get into film? Can you give us an overview of like, sure. where you started and yeah. some of your work? You know, I, I grew up near Los Angeles and I made films for fun with friends, but I never thought it would be like even a possibility. And so when I went to college, I went for something totally different. And God, the quick way to say it is God threw me into it. And growing up, I never was like really sure what I was great at until film. Wow. And I had a lot of fast success and it went to my head. Mm -hmm. And I started pursuing things in Hollywood. And I was a believer, but I started saying things like, I'm excited for how God can use me when I become successful, when I have big film sets and all this. And that's not really how it works. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. And um, I was, you know, the fame and success had become a, a God to me. And I'd used the, the real Lord as a, a mask, you know, how I'd put him in a box to, to justify these things actually being Lord. So in his graciousness, he shut it all down. And I, I had like a five-year run where I was pretty busy traveling all over the world. And then it all stopped. I had no, no work, nothing. And I knew it had become a problem. And so I went and worked at a church in Pasadena, California, just like designing and printing calendars for their youth service. And it's totally wow. out of film. Wow. And, you know, a, an administrative assistant type of thing. And God gradually through that process helped me figure out that it would be okay to go back into it and there's a way to do it for him. And so I really, my perspective through that season changed. And the big turning point do we want to talk about turning points yet? The, yeah, the, go for the it. Turning point was we had raised, we we're still me. I met a producer there, but I mean, he was a substitute teacher. We're still working at this church thinking we'd like to make films for the kingdom and for God, but you know, with the right motivations, but that's pretty hard as an artist to have the right motivations in creating mm -hmm. content, because mm -hmm. when you succeed, there's fame and money behind it. If you're succeeding, usually people tell you they like it. And so it's very confusing. Yeah. So we uh, we were working at the church and we raised money to do a missions trip that we would film on. And on this trip, we filmed things that were much better in Africa than we had the right to film. This was like 20 years ago almost. And the movie that resulted from it ended up getting on Showtime. Just like, I mean, it was obvious God had us right place, right time. I mean, it was mm. pretty incredible. It was called Dear Francis about HIV AIDS in Africa and Swaziland. And we still weren't making a living. And we, what's funny is that when you make films, a lot of times people think that because even getting on Showtime, you would think, well, you made it. It's like, well, actually, Jennifer Knapp, who we use one of her songs in the movie, like she made more money than we did making the movie. Wow. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> Uh, and I'm grateful for her song, you know, and how it helped the movie. But we, so here's the big turning point for us. We were still, you know, like not making a living doing it. Dave and I, my producer and I were on a flight coming back from a screening in Florida. And we were like, I wonder if we could really make a go at this, just doing films for the kingdom. Like, hmm. let's, let's pray. We'll pray on the flight, you know, see what happens. So we pray in the plane. God, would you make a way? We don't know how we've never heard of anyone doing it. The plane lands and Dave had a voicemail from a very big church 
that said, hey, we heard about you guys. We need some people to travel all over the world and film stories about the kingdom. And it's like an immediate, immediate answer. And so that that's what started it. And that that Mm. was in 2005. It's been a a wild, a twisty, windy, awesome journey ever since. Wow. That's amazing. And it's it's so interesting because I went to school for film at Biola. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to go straight to Hollywood and transform Hollywood. And I remember having a professor that was like, they will eat you alive. (laughs) And I was like the young 20, 21 year old that I was, I was like highly offended by that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I'm stronger than that. And by God's grace, I think he allowed me not to go straight to Hollywood, but also just changed my heart on the types of projects that I worked in. And then fast forward 15 years later, I remember having conversations in front of aspiring filmmakers that were high school students learning all about film and I was talking about Super Bowl commercials, mm-hmm. asking them what they wanted to put their name behind. Would would it be a MTV music video that you were embarrassed to show your parents because it was so, for all intents and purposes, it was just not in line with who you were? Or would you want to put your name behind something that made a difference and eternal difference? Yeah. So I think that's just incredible. That I love, um, I love that. That's such a, there's just not much conversation about that yeah. and how to make those decisions, you know? I remember seeing a Super Bowl commercial that radically gripped my heart about human trafficking. Hmm. And, and I was like, that is compelling media mm-hmm. as opposed to spending, you know, I, I had friends that were spending half a million dollars on a day producer and then going and spending $20,000 on booze at night. Mm-hmm. And, and my little budgets were like 35 to $4,500. And yeah. I was hiring filmmakers that were also editors that were just, just sold out for the gospel, wanting to do just Jesus stories, you know, and to not make it cheesy, but they were incredible filmmakers. I love that you're saying this. This is a problem that we're actively engaged with right now because the reality is the pull of artists with faith is towards everything that's not of faith you know and maybe that's hyperbole but but it feels like it's more truth than not that it's really hard to make the decisions when it comes to money when it comes to like using these skills that create narratives that pull people in directions with their lives whether they realize it or not because it's so powerful you know Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love to dive into, I know we're going to skip a myriad of years. I would love to dive into Free Burma. Mm -hmm. And for listeners that are tuning in, trying to track the years. So five years ago, we had, you and I had connected. You were trying to land the possibility of getting to help tell the story of the Free Burma Rangers. Let's talk about when this crossed your path. Can you share the irony of yeah. <laughs> turning it into a film and yeah. what you actually did? Yeah, there's there's so many interesting stories around this. You know, Free Burma Rangers is like a once in a lifetime type of project because it's it's about an ex U.S. Special Forces guy that once he left the military, he became a missionary on the front lines of wars, and he raised his family 
on the front lines of wars. Mm. And there's footage of him throughout this whole period of time. (laughs) So a friend of mine had been working on it. And over the years, a lot of people have filmed Dave Eubank is his name, and the Eubank family had filmed them. There were 30,000 video clips, and no one could ever figure out like how to make a movie out of it. I mean, it's 3,000 hours. If you watch through all the footage, it would take an entire year of work hours just to watch it once and make notes. I mean, it was just like, it was such a mountain that no one could figure it out. So we were advising a filmmaker, and after about three and a half years, he kind of hit the point that often happens in filmmaking where... He's like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and, and so Dave and I, my producer and I were like, well, how about we come on and let's do this together. Let's make it happen. And so I came on as a director and Chris co-directed. Chris hadn't done a feature yet at that time. So he co-directed with me and we started tackling it. And wow. the, so the irony that you're talking about is that I didn't go film in these war zones. Once I had kids, I actually stopped filming overseas. I used to film overseas all the time with underground mm-hmm. churches and this type of stuff. And so I think because we had an outside perspective, we were able to, you know, we had a different view and we were able to maybe find a story and God had prepared us in certain ways to find a story in that. But it was crazy. Like we, it was a year. So what happened when we talked, I I think I remember when it was because I cut together two scenes from the movie, sample scenes. And then for a year, we tried to raise money and find partners and- It was so difficult that we even lost a producer on the project. I mean, it was just, it was rough. And no one, all the people we're meeting with, they're like, this is great, but we're not going to give you money. You know, where after a certain point, you know, like just something's going on. You know, there's something else that I don't understand in in a spiritual realm that's happening here. And so after a year, we were like, well, we just have to do something and be faithful. And so we put up a, crowdfund page and cut together a trailer. And I tried my best for a year and we're like, look, if this is, it raises five grand and this is the best promo video ever, then at least we're being faithful in it. And so we put it up. My family flew me from Texas back to California, actually for vacation. For So I, I couldn't do anything. Wow. And all of a sudden, while like I'm gone and we're just trying to be faithful, and we've given it completely to the Lord, all of a sudden it starts raising like all this money. And in seven weeks, it raised 200 grand, which is enough to like turn it into a really polished movie. And so a year of wrestling and trying to be faithful, but not knowing how to be faithful, you know, just doing our best. And then just within days, all of a sudden God provided the way and, and the film, it's crazy. (laughs) It is a crazy film. If you watch it, you know, and I feel like I'm allowed to say it because it's obvious it's way more than me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it is such a big story and big film and what spiritually happens in the midst of it. So wild. So what a blessing to be a part of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I love how on, on their website, it actually says along with relief, his talking about Dave Eubanks personal mission is to share the love of Jesus Christ and to help people be free from oppression. So for people that have gotten to see Free Burma Rangers, I remember seeing it in movie theaters years ago, just thinking, this is the most compelling missionary story I've ever seen. And then cinematically, like you feel like you're in the trenches with them and you're watching these, you know, former special forces soldiers train these Burmese people, how to defend their land and protect their children and 
all of these things in like while conflict is going on. So it's nail biting and you're going, am I watching a movie or am I watching a true story? And then the cool part about what you had mentioned when you guys came on board, you actually did the interviews for Mm -hmm. the film, right? Yeah. To form the story together. We kind of, we, yeah, we pieced together the glue. Basically. I love that. I love that. So would you mind sharing the story about looking for the the one clip of... Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many miracles in the film. If you've seen the film, you know that there's some moments where it's like, well, that has to be a miracle, (laughs) you know. But uh, in making it too, like there's one point, okay, mid-film, everything kind of turns and they go to a new location. And one of the reasons Dave Eubank gave us the rights... 60 Minutes, Vice, HBO, they'd all tried to get the rights and he turned them down because he'd been burnt because they want to cut out the faith part and just be like, here's this crazy missionary guy doing crazy things because he's crazy, you know, and it may be inspiring, but he's crazy, but he's trying to be faithful in how he's using his giftings. So we wanted to show Dave when they do this turn to a new location, we wanted to show that it wasn't just him being crazy, but it was the Lord that was like opening a door and opening a path. And there's a specific scene where he meets with a general and a general that is in charge of this war zone. And Dave told us the story and we, we felt like that's what needed to be in the film to demonstrate. I mean, like he hears it now, I would say he heard the spirit and responded to the spirit and made a fool of himself And it was the exact thing that needed to happen to open up all the doors in this country. And so we're like, well, I wish we could use that, but we don't even know where we'd find footage of this. Yeah. If there's even footage and we haven't watched through all the footage, we'll never watch through all the footage. So my editor and I are like talking about it and like, well, I guess, oh, well, we'll go, let's go work on this other scene. We know we can work on. So he moves the cursor to work on the other scene. And I mean, I'm not kidding. The computer goes, Boom, and it stops right on the exact moment in time that Dave met General Mustafa, who's his name, that Dave met this general. And like this miraculous thing mm-hmm. happened that opened the doors. I love that. <laughs> That's crazy. so wild. <laughs> yeah. And those are those, there's no way but God moments <laughs> that you're just going, there is no way that could have happened. Like coincidence, yeah. you know, it's. People call them God winks or sticky notes from heaven, whatever it is, but God's getting your attention going, I see you, I hear you, I'm helping. Mm -hmm. You know, Karen Eubank, Dave's wife, is actually quoted in Why Should You Go See the Film Little Clips. And she's like, this is a story of God making miracles happen in ordinary people. Like, who doesn't want to see a miracle? And I just think, if anything, for people who haven't seen the film, this would be an opportunity. The film is still available online to purchase and rent. But there's also something new that's going to be coming out this fall. I'd love to give people another opportunity. How can they potentially see it again? Yeah, I, I, you know, I just have been wanting to get more people to see it with as little barrier as possible so that it can bless the, their ministry, the Free yeah. Burma Rangers, but also because it just blesses people. I yeah. think like when they see this, because I mean, it blesses me when I see it because of just what happens in parts mm-hmm. of this movie, you know? So August 30th of this year for 60 days after that, you're going to be able to watch it for free online if you want at um, 
the website will be watchfbr.com, FBR for free Burma Rangers. Oh, cool. People can watch it for free. I love that. Yeah. And then can you share a little bit about what churches are doing? So churches can do screenings, you know, Lifeway was our partner in distributing it in theaters. And then they also do church screenings. And I hadn't had experience with them before, but I mean, they're great. They treat us really well. And so if you want to show it to a group, please do it through Lifeway. That'd be awesome. Just think National Geographic meets like the craziest, most epic story you've ever seen or heard. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there are legitimately things later in the film where they're running behind tanks mm-hmm. that there were like eight cameras filming when this stuff happened in real life. So we were able to cover it in the movie like it's, you know, Transformers or something with all these all these camera angles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, and even for 2023, if anybody's seen like Sound of Freedom... Mm. And been absolutely shocked by, by how well done that was. It's, you know, the caliber is the same and it's just, it's beautiful cinema and it's great storytelling. So I just want to applaud you and just commend you for answering the call and just working with your buddies to put it together. Cause I think we'd be missing a lot if we didn't have the story of the Eubanks to actually look to. You know, well, thanks for that. That's nice. So as a person of faith mm-hmm. for you, I'd love to talk about like your background. You know, we've had a few conversations about how your faith has shifted over the years. And I'd love to just share with our listeners, like what started to shift your faith towards miracles. Yeah. I mean, when I was being sent overseas to work with, you know, underground churches and whatever believers in all these places and basically getting hired to put a microphone on someone of very mature faith and follow them around starts to challenge your worldview very much so and what you think is possible in faith all of a sudden shifts right and so i think that for a long time i've been open and been doing my best to go after the lord for sure when we did free burma and some of the things that really soaking myself in so much of how he lived his life, Dave Eubank, but also some of the things that happened to us through the process, it, I would say it just kind of started a trajectory of like even increased momentum of maybe there's more that's possible in the spirit than I thought, you know, maybe a lot of these things in the new Testament that I skipped over before and the old Testament that I skipped over because I didn't understand it. Cause it had to do with, you know, mystical type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm open to these. And, you know, started praying into it some. And then God, over the, the course of time, you know, it peels away the things that are, I would argue, that are keeping us from experiencing him. And then as you're open to it, and then he kind of reveals, he's been revealing new things. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's wild. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know so much was possible in, in the Lord. Yeah, I for sure didn't. And I think you and I had discussed that before. Like, I grew up in a the Holy Spirit was part of the Trinity, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, but never truly understood that. And I even remember being in college going like the Holy Spirit does what? Like, am I, (laughs) am I saved? (laughs) Like, do I even know this God? You know, that's why Jesus tells his disciples, I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you with a better gift. And the Holy Spirit is a comforter and 
for them to even understand that I can't even fathom like what that would have been like. And then for us to actually Mm -hmm. experience the Holy spirit to know, Oh, he is present and he is this inner voice that we can know. And there's so many other things. I actually, I should look up a scripture that I read last night that I was like, Oh, I need to remember that just of when he invites us in, in Jeremiah 33 verse three, says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. And I just never knew that was possible at all. And God's taken me on a journey. I know this episode isn't about me, but going on the journey with Jesus of like, how can I know you more Hmm. um, came with me also addressing my faith in ways that I was like, God, I don't understand this. Help me understand it more. And I think that was also by getting to know the spirit better. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember in our first, the first call we had you saying something about the, you know, coming from Biola mm-hmm. to the church that you were at it, at the time and, you know, the things of the spirit. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's weird what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I understand. Yeah. And it's, you know, to be, transparent with listeners. And I don't know that I would have said this to you five years ago. I don't like, I'm not so far where I'm like waving flags and people are going like, what is going on with her? But just recognizing that the Holy Spirit plays a part in our lives and it is possible to experience the miraculous. And yeah, there's just, again, there's those, those times in your life, And in other people's lives that you're going, there is no way but God. You know, I've seen healings. I've heard people speak in tongues. I've been witness to prophetic words. I've received prophetic words that have come true. Things that you're just going, there's no no way to explain it. And we live in such a world that people are praying to crystals before they go to do stuff. And I'm going, and you don't think that's weird? (laughs) One of the things that started to shift it after free Burma. I, I learned about this speaker named, you know, maybe he's controversial to some, but others probably love him like Chris Falton. And he, he said something, you know, to the effect of like, well, you know, that people who pursue evil experience certain things mm-hmm. like mystical types of things. Do you think that only they get to experience like those types of rules only apply to evil and demons? and not to the light, but in a way that's beautiful and is the right way. And that those, you know, and then it makes sense to me that those would be a distortion Mm -hmm. of rules that God made, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think pretty logical. It was so logical to me. It's like, oh man. Well, okay. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And then God just started doing all sorts of random things that we couldn't explain apart from his divine, you know, orchestration. Yeah. In our in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wendy, I, I had at one point, so so much of my life is I know this podcast is about like spaces in between and transition, you know, so much of my life is is that. And there was one point where a two years ago we were pursuing we're trying to figure out what to do with the project and like just you know, transition. And I had a dream that felt like a warning about not to do something. My producer who was in Texas. I was in California. He's in Texas. He had the same dream the same night, but from a different perspective. 
it was about like a car. It was about like a car going down a mountain and like what would happen to it. And I mean, he had the same dream, but he was sitting in the passenger seat. Wow. And then we're like, wow, what on earth? And then another like friend, film friend that we we had been interacting with in Pennsylvania had the same dream in the same night, but he was outside the car watching it happen. No. Wow. And, and so it was like a direct warning for us that helped us know like literally what happened the next week and some of the decisions we need to make wow. in the same month. I won't keep going on in stories, but I'll tell you this one more in the same month, my wife and I are sitting in our living room, praying, trying to pray for, for somebody she's praying and I can't focus on what she's praying on. My mind keeps going to this vision of like, when I'm like daydreaming or something. Mm. And, um, I keep trying to focus on what she's praying about. And my mind keeps going to this thing that it's like, I'm daydreaming or something. And all of a sudden, like I start crying and feel the spirit, the air is like thick and, you know, and I realize, okay, no, something's happening. And so I write it down afterwards. We start texting with some friends across town. You'll never believe what just happened. We don't understand it. And they're like, no way we were praying at the same time. And she had the same vision and they had written it down across town at the same time. Wow. Like, that is so wild. And is it, was it like, was it a prophetic vision for somebody else to know about, or it was just, I'll tell you if the Lord does it. I mean, I think it was a vision of the place that maybe could be, could be someday for, mm. for artists and the blessed city and I love you know, that. a really beautiful picture of what could be possible, but oh. it hasn't happened. So, you know, and, and a lot of these things I've learned now, just because you have a vision or a dream doesn't mean it's prescriptive, mm. you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that's what, yeah, it, it's not one, one. Totally. Well, and in Habakkuk, it talks about if you get a vision, you write it down and mm. though it like, though it linger, though it tarry, like wait for it. So like, I have, I have places that I keep words that I've been given before. And it's, you know, if you ever get a prophetic word, it's, you compare it to scripture to make sure it's in line with the word of God. And then you wait it out to see if it comes true. I mean, yeah. the only way to know if it's a true prophetic word is if it comes true. Yeah. But then if it encourages your faith and it encourages you in that moment, like why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't God use that to encourage yeah. you? Yeah. Well, so I know that you've experienced some other just incredible moves of God. Would you like to share a little bit about Miraculous? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think because of some of this, so I still go to a Baptist conservative church Yeah. that, you know, probably most of the people there don't even know I would talk about something. Like <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Just, so you know, that's our background. Like that's, and, and, I'm, I've been starting to feel like there's a lot of people in the pews every week that in our hearts, we know there's more that could be possible. We know this only feels like a shadow mm -hmm. of what it could be. And some of that I'm sure is a longing for heaven. Yeah. But I do think also like if, as you look at just biblical examples of the early church and, you know, it's pretty clear that there's a lot of ways that maybe we could be longing for things that we've, we've settled to not experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a preacher, you know, like exhorter in a sense of get in front of a crowd and exposit scripture or whatever. Like I'm a, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And, and so what a wonderful, my, my team and I just really felt like what a wonderful 
project to explore if we could document a lot of these stories that are hard to explain if, apart from divine intervention. And so we're calling it Miraculous. And it's starting with the podcast series. And we've kind of developed a new, what we feel think feels like a new style of like how we're telling the story and presenting information, mm-hmm. largely because we've never done podcasts before. And so we don't know what you're supposed to do. So we're making it up, just trying to be creative and do what we'd want to hear. Well, so we're, we're probably halfway through the first season of production. And then we're hoping to launch in October. I love that. Yeah. And tell us, well, well, and yeah. having that opportunity to preview some of these, I don't want to give the stories away because that'll yeah. like ruin the podcast, but it's, they're those miraculous stories that you're like, they send your mind spinning because you're trying to add everything up when yeah. the final thing that happens, like reveals the mystery of God and the miraculous moment of God that somebody got to experience. And it just reminds me of those those times in your life that you're going, there's no way this would have happened if you didn't go here the day before and you didn't mm-hmm. talk to that person and that yeah. person didn't connect you to this person and something unfolds and somebody's life is forever changed. And it's a really, really awesome series. What I've gotten to preview. Yeah. So so how's that for a pitch for listeners? You've got to hear these stories. They're Great. so cool. Yeah, we did the, what Wendy's talking about is we did three test episodes. Three different styles of miraculous stories, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> some past and some present, and um, trying to figure out, you know, is this worthwhile and how crazy are we? Yeah. And then floated it to a few people. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I know as a believer, we don't want to just chase miracles. Like, like scripture emphasizes that we should be desiring fruit, not miracles. We're chasing God, listening to the Holy Spirit and communing with God mm-hmm. and the evidence of our walk with the Lord is miracles would sometimes happen. Um, I actually wrote down this quote that Francis Chan had actually said, a lot of people want to talk about miracles, healing or prophecy, but God calls us to pursue him, not what he might do for us. And I just think that's so wise because Hmm. signs and wonders and all of the really cool, like, mystical things, for lack of a better word, those are all really neat to experience. But if you're not experiencing or walking intimately with God, like it's just all, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the shift in my life has been, you know, faith has been a big part of my life, but the shift in the last few years that I think the easiest way to, to talk about the significance is that before I got up in the morning to spend time with the Lord, cause I felt like I was supposed to, because I was trying to be faithful. And once the Holy Spirit got involved, whatever that means, but once something started happening there, I was getting up because I longed for that time Yeah. because it was so sweet. And I think if you haven't experienced that, then you're missing out mm-hmm. and God has that for you because I think he wants us all to feel that way because he wants us all to experience his love in that way. And then when you when you've had it, you just, that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I oftentimes think about like, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the example, like if I were a single mom in need of a miracle financially to pay the bills, or I just didn't have any money, like experiencing God provide would be a miracle, mm-hmm. you know, but that increases my faith and my attention to think, oh, God does love me. And 
but like what you're saying, when you experience that level where you're, where you connect with God and it's outside of church walls, I mean, you, you experience God in church mm-hmm. walls. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's your own seeking behind closed doors in your prayer life or your worship life, whatever that looks like, it really does become that, like what you're saying, that longing. And I remember like two or three days before the world shut down from COVID the first time in March of 2020, I had a worship night at my house. It was just me a YouTube playlist, mm-hmm. but it was really good that. music. Yeah, we do that. And I just remember just feeling a strong desire of, I need to, like, I want to do this more. I want mm-hmm. to do this two, three, four nights a week. And God was already prompting my heart to do that. So I was ready when COVID shut the world down that I wasn't in this mass, like, mm-hmm. panic. I was I can't wait to meet with God. I can't wait to go worship. I can't wait to see what he's going to reveal tonight kind of thing. And I just, I love hearing stories about people, the way that they cultivate their relationship with the Lord of just being like, it is so sweet and nothing can compete. Yeah. And I would, I would argue, you know, if I was hearing this five years ago, I would have been like, well, okay, how? Yeah. Right. Really? How? I'm trying. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that it's, because God customizes the relationship with each of us. Like with your kids, you interact with each of them a bit different. Like, And I, I suspect that he's giving everyone the next steps mm-hmm. towards him and towards his love. But it's more about whether we're willing to step into the things that make us uncomfortable more often than not. Yeah. And I'm not, soft, not just talking about charismatic things. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we holding back? He can work with what we give him. But if we only give him this part of our life and not all of it, you know, well, he can have most of it, but not, you know, not this. I'm just, I love my job. Yeah. He made me to do this job. I'm not going to give that to him, you know, this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think yeah. he's gracious and he'll work with this, but I don't know. To me, I, I suspect that it's not a formula, but it, it's customized to each person and it, and trying to discern and just be open. Yeah. I think of that picture. I don't know how many people have seen it before, but it's a drawing. It's a sketch of like a little kid holding a tiny teddy bear, like in front of him because it's the teddy bear that he's had forever. Mm-hmm. And then he's standing in front of a Jesus figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, know it's a drawing. And then Jesus has his hand behind his back. And what the little boy in front of him can't see is that Jesus has a teddy bear that's literally bigger than the little boy. And and just like what Jesus is asking for in exchange. So as you're talking about this job that we don't want to give over to the Lord, because God might take that. Mm-hmm. And it's as soon as I let go of my expectations or surrendered those to be like, God, I, I'm a terrible God myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have this, do what you want with it. Oftentimes, he not only gives it back, but he gives it so much greater. Yeah. And so much better because he knows the best. And then, secondly, I know I've said this before. I know other guests have said this before, but like the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he's never going to go where we don't invite him. Yeah. So, the invitation piece of God, I want that intimacy level with you. I just don't know, but like, Help my unbelief. I think that's kind of where we can start. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Would you have anything to add to like 
I mean, it, it seems to me it's, it's usually long seasons of trying to be faithful mm. and crying out. And then in his timing, whenever that is, he does something and it's mm -hmm. different than what we wanted maybe or planned, but more beautiful, you know, and the spirit stuff. I mean, it feels similar to me too, in, in certain ways that can't control it. I do suspect that there's some things that get passed on amongst community, like in an anointing type of sense that we've lost because not, you know, a large mm -hmm. portion of the church is doing their best to not talk about these things. So I don't understand it because we don't yeah. talk about it much, but no, I, I have no idea how it works. That's why I'm doing my next film. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to honor your time. I also want to honor our listeners time. If you have any final words of encouragement towards somebody that just feels hmm. maybe it's not with their relationship with the Lord, they actually love God and they're excited to see what God is going to do next in their life, but maybe they just feel stuck in hmm. life and they're just like, I don't really know what's next. You had referenced earlier that you've been through some transitions and seasons of waiting and not knowing what's next. Any words of encouragement for somebody that's in that? It's a good question. Okay. What I would tell myself if I go back in time is I would probably do a study on waiting for the Lord and what that is in scripture because it's all throughout scripture and it's not what I thought it was. It's not just being patient. Mm. It's some, there's something active in it. And so I do wish, I wish that is something I had looked into before. And I think that has to do with the Holy Spirit too. Some of that, I mean, it, some of the verses are pretty clear. It does, but that's good for us. My producer, Dave Mahanes and I, you know, we've always really tried to be faithful with what we've been given and just take the faithful steps. I am bursting with so many ideas, you know, so many visions of what could happen that for me, it's a great, really helpful practice to just what are the faithful next steps that I should be doing and shouldn't be doing yeah. that I should stay away from and, you know. And then in all of it, just trying to be open-handed and keep giving it, being willing to relinquish it, you know, mm -hmm. spiritually, like giving it to the Lord, that's good. which is hard. That's not, that's not a model. And I, I feel for a lot of people in the church because it's like, there's a lot of professional Christians. A lot of these things are hard to make like standard, like everybody this. Well, yeah. every word that we're going to get. Yeah. It's going to land differently. And right. I hear from a friend last week going, man, this was such a perfect word. And I just absolutely believe that whoever is listening, even right now, that God had you tune in for a reason. Mm -hmm. So something that Brent has said along the last handful of minutes of our call, a story that we told, there's something that's resonating with you as a listener. And I wouldn't count that as an accident because the Holy Spirit is so strategic. So I just think everything you shared was spot on and, and hopefully a handful of people will be blessed by it. So as we wrap up, the final question that I love to ask all of our guests, and you can talk about your next film, whatever mm -hmm. you want, is what place are you between and then how can we pray for you? That's great. You know, my life, it feels like it's, if you talk to my wife, she would say it's almost like it's constantly in between. And I think a large part of that is because so much of my gifting is seeing what's possible. I mean, that's even filmmaking. You mm -hmm. see the end result that you're working towards. And it's the in-between parts that are, you know, like 
can be quite trying. And you don't know usually how long it's going to take to finish that. In documentaries, you may not know how long it's going to take to finish that film. You maybe can guess some hurdles are going to come up, but you can't really foresee all the hurdles, you know. Even in a scripted normal film, you're you're not going to be, you know, know all the hurdles. And, And so we are like actively, I mean, I'll just be very transparent. Like we're actively in transition right now. That's been going on for what month is it? It's eight months into the year for eight months, Mm -hmm. a year ago. in the same day, I lost both of my main gigs for six months. All the things that I used to do to get new work, you know, they cut like last minute. It just like, nope, not happening. And after a certain point, you just realize, oh, that's something spiritual is going on. And God funneled me into running this nonprofit, Daydox, to try to help the church and artists reconcile their relationships and create the content and represent the Lord in the ways that God made them all to to do that and hopefully start pushing back on culture with the Mm -hmm. things of the Lord, telling his narratives. So I've been executive directing this nonprofit, Daydox, this year, starting in January, which has been a very big surprise. And so we've been in active in between transition because, you know, starting and growing a nonprofit is not, it's like going into ministry, I guess. You only do it if God's really calling you to it, you know, or you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But God is so faithful month after month. I mean, he's been providing the end of every month, like two days before payroll runs. It's like money will show up in our account. And then after six months of that, the end of the sixth month, he provided enough for two months. And so July, then we were okay. It's crazy. And then in August, you know, we're kind of back at it again. And God's been transitioning our family into some new rhythms, I would say. And so we had three weeks of wrestling. And this week, it's been like he's pouring out all these blessings and connections that it's just crazy. It's like these couldn't have been paced, you know, like, (laughs) no, they were held back. But I don't know why. But and all of a sudden, all like this week, so many. Wow. And it's just, that's just, it's just not predictable, you know? Wow. And uh, I assume there's more transition to come. I know as humans, we can't avoid transition. Like, mm-hmm. even if we like, you know, dig our feet into the ground and try to hang on as hard as possible. It's like, no, it just reminds me of the Titanic where people are like trying to hang on to things, but it's still going down. And it's like, we cannot avoid transitions. Well, and I, I would say if you look at scripture and, you know, like Christ and the disciples, I find solace and that's how their experience was. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, we're not ready. We're not ready. Okay. Now you're going out and two by two and, you know, yeah. and maybe then they get settled into it and then they come back and then, you know, it's just, there's so much transition in that. And then three years, they think finally we're going to take the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, and then transition in a new way. And then, you know, the phases. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. We will for sure be praying for you and your future endeavors and along with Daydox and your family. And it sounds like you live in a perfect little place to enjoy the countryside and a little bit of the coast, but also the mountains. And I just, it is nice. Merced, Merced, California. Oh, we I love, love it. It feels like Texas and California. I love it. I have a verse that I want to share. Can I share? Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I wanted to share this. Or it's really a prayer. So maybe this could be like a benediction. But from 2 Corinthians 1, May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the Master Jesus Christ be yours. I love it. I love it. May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the Master Jesus Christ be yours. I pray that over our audience. I pray that God would just bless you. Mm -hmm. And 
in um, your relationship with him and help you to see how he sees you, something in the next day of how he sees you and just what he's calling you to experience in him and what he's calling you to in, mm-hmm. in your steps. Yeah. In Jesus. Amen. I love it. Well, I want to encourage you listeners uh, to go see the film Free Burma Rangers. If you haven't already, I will tag everything in the show notes, how you might be able to get a screening your way or even get it at home, rental or purchase the movie. And lastly, want to encourage your faith by another way to check out the miraculous trailers that Brent was talking about with Daydox. So this journey is too short to be boring. So with Jesus in the middle, it can be one epic adventure. I absolutely believe that. But just want to thank you for your time, Brent. And Thanks, Wendy. Um, yeah, just appreciate you. Listeners, thanks for joining us. And we will catch you again next time on Places Between. over here cheering you on friend you just finished another episode of the places between podcast if you want to access more be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests episode sponsors upcoming retreats and more like stay in the story a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.